2: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: We talked about Matt Miller's column on a lot of the quarterbacks that will be available in the upcoming April 2024 draft. Matt is with us right now. He's an NFL draft person, uh, scout for ESPN, uh, and there are plenty of those at ESPN, but Matt's done a great job for a while now. His mock draft came out about a week and a half ago. We'll talk about that as well, but you can follow Matt on Twitter, at NFL Draft Scout. Uh, I want to just start with this because right now, the conversation in D.C. after Sam Howell got benched on Sunday, Matt has accelerated with respect to quarterback in the draft. And, by the way, he's going to start. I mean, they're going to start him against the Jets in probably the final three games. If they pick fourth, which is where they are right now, who's available at four quarterback-wise?
1: Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. I think at four, you're looking at Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner from LSU. Julian and J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Uh, we'll get to see both those guys. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Jaden actually opted up. We'll get to see uh, J.J. on January 1st uh, against Alabama, which will be a good test for him. But, you know, unfortunately a four, you are out of the Caleb Williams mix, and you are out of, most likely, out of the Drake-May conversation. Now, is there a world where right now the New England Patriots have the second overall pick? It's expected they're going to have a shakeup in their front office. So is there a world where, New England takes Jaden Daniels instead of Drake May. That's very possible. It, it, it definitely could happen. And that would open the door for a team like Washington to be sitting there with Drake May. And as you said, um, you know, I, I think famously in the D.C. area, folks were not happy with my assessment of Sam Howell headed into this year. Um, there's been highlights. There's been lowlights. And I think, as you mentioned, you you know, you get benched. Jacoby Brissett comes in, leads two touchdown drives. Terry McLaurin has his best game. I, I think it, it – certainly opened up some of those question marks to now you, you wonder what might have been, you know, how Jacoby been playing all season?
3: Remind me and remind some of our listeners, what was your assessment of Sam <laughs> Howell prior to? to the season? Uh,
1: do we have to? So uh, people, uh, which I love, uh, love people who, who read my work uh, found some tweets of mine from when Sam was coming out in the draft. And I said, you know, this is a Baker Mayfield type guy. My player comparison for him as a college quarterback was Colt McCoy, who was, You know, Colt was great at Texas. I think that's something maybe, you know, maybe I'm just old, and so I remember that. But some of the younger fans weren't very happy about that. But, you know, I thought Sam had the ability to be an average NFL starter or a really good backup. Uh, He's tough. His field vision's there. When he has time to step into passes. he can generate good arm strength. He's not naturally. You know, it's not Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen and how he can generate power from every different platform. You know, he's really a, a base core thrower. And I think that's what we've seen play out this year. You know, when he has time, he, he can do some really nice things, but it's the the inconsistency is is pretty maddening. And it was that way in North Carolina over his two years as a starter as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, so let let's talk a little bit more about Sam Howe, because we haven't done that enough around here this week. Um Uh, so uh, Colt McCoy, it's funny because we did kind of a best case, worst case before the season. And I said, I think worst case, he could be Colt McCoy. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, solid, you know, upper and backup. And I, and I, and I said, maybe, you know, best case is somebody like Andy Dalton, who, you know, for a few years there in Cincinnati was a middle of the pack starting quarterback. So what, what, this, these were your predictions. So where do you have him now? Like essentially, do you feel like your, your evaluation was spot on after watching him start 14 games this year?
1: Not spot on, but I think it was pretty good. I would say now he is, I still like the Baker comparison, you know, of like there are times where like last weekend Baker had a perfect QB rating in Green Bay. You know, there are times where Baker can look really good, but, it's one of those quarterbacks. You're going to be as good as the scheme and the talent around you. You're not going to transcend that. You know, you're not, you're not going to elevate that. And and that's okay. That's more teams than not in the NFL have a guy like that. But right now, Washington doesn't have the, the, the help, especially in the offensive line. And they don't have, you know, the, I like Eric enemy. It's his first year. So you haven't had time for that scheme to really come together yet. So, you don't have those, you know, kind of foundational elements to prop up a quarterback who is in his first year as a starter and has some limitations. So, you know, I think, you know, when you were talking about, you know, somewhere between Colt McCoy and Andy Dalton, I'm like, that's Gardner Minshew to me, you know, and that might be who Sam is being. It's Gardner Minshew, Baker Mayfield, who can, you know, those two are probably going to be playing in the playoffs. So that's not, that's not, you know, the insult that I think a lot of your listeners or folks on Twitter are going to think that it is. You know, those are. They're going to make good money they're gonna have long careers but if you're drafting in the top five and you yes there's a big unknown with that but when you're drafting in the top five you got to think okay we have a chance to get a premier prospect that can upgrade us at the most important position in sports
3: yeah um yeah i mean look there's people we, we've been without one for so long around here that just the um the fact that he's got great arm strength and he's got mobility and there have been moments this year where it's been more encouraging than discouraging. But I think, you know, I think you're spot on and it sounds like, you know, the that that's kind of where you see him moving forward, which means that at number four overall, they've got to take quarterback seriously if that's where they end up at number four overall. So let's assume Williams and Drake May are off the board. What do you think of Jaden Daniels at four?
1: I I love Jaden Daniels and, and at four, I don't think that's too rich. I have Jaden as my number eight overall player and that that's probably going to change. It's probably going to go up because I, I now have time to get caught up on film. I have time to get caught up talking to coaches who've coached against Jaden guys who've coached him specifically, um, man, he's, he's so much fun to watch. Uh, he's an explosive runner. He had a, over 1100 yards rushing this year, 10 touchdowns. He's the best deep thrower in college football, not just the draft class in college football. Uh, He had uh, like his QBR was essentially 100 on throws over 20 yards. He had 22 touchdowns, no interceptions on throws over 20 yards. And you can point to the fact that Malik neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. are good wide receivers, but turn on the film. And he is just layering the ball to those guys down the field. He's given them those opportunities. So I am uh, really a big fan of his. And also because I've watched him since Arizona state throwing to Brandon Ayuk till now watching him develop and improve. And he's gotten better in the pocket He's gotten smarter as a runner. He's added you know, 15, 20 pounds to his frame, uh, and it hasn't affected his speed. So I think when you have the opportunity to, to draft someone who has some elite traits, deep ball throwing, uh, speed in the open field, field vision, those are elite traits that he has. I think you jump all over that. And I, I saw uh, – I wish I could remember who because I loved it. They said this. It's a lot like Anthony Richardson last year in terms of you've got somebody that's got a couple elite traits. And, and you believe in that. The difference is Jaden has started uh, 45 games in college, I believe, as opposed to like 13, excuse me, 55 games in college. So you're getting an experienced guy who has those elite traits. And to me, that's super exciting.
3: So Denton and I have been in, in, in your camp all year long. I thought he was the most exciting player to watch in college football this year. Um, uh, even when it looked like, you know, it might be somebody else to win the Heisman. We were saying he's the best player in college football this year. Imagine by the way, yeah. if LSU's defense had just been horrible instead of all time bad, I think they'd still be playing, um, <laughs> on January 1st with something to play for. um, the thing that, you know, the one knock against him, and I think it's fair, and I'm wondering if you think it's fair, the body type looks breakable. It's not thick like Lamar. Um, it's, he's, he's tall, uh, and his speed and his vision as an open field runner is amazing, but can he hold up physically as a dual-threat quarterback in the NFL?
1: I think, I mean, he's going to have to put weight on, and I think that's the key. Like, you can say he's played in the SEC West for two years, and he's handled that just fine. So it's like that's, you know, as close as you can get to the NFL, right? He's playing at SEC West football, and he hasn't had an injury. So to me, that's encouraging. But I do think, yeah, I mean, he's six four, He's listed at 210. He's going to have to put some weight on. You know, we, we saw that even with C.J. Stroud. We saw definitely saw it with Bryce Young. These guys need to put some weight on. They also need to show they can keep that weight up. I think, you know, naturally that's going to happen as a guy gets a little bit older. But it is, it is the biggest concern. You're absolutely right. And I think, you know, it's kind of like the Tennessee Titans are showing Will Levis clips of quarterbacks getting out of bounds and sliding. You're going to have to do some of that. And if that means he rushes for, you know, 800 yards instead of 1,100, that's okay. You're probably going to be okay with that because the threat of his speed is as important as, as what he actually does as a runner.
3: Yeah, such a good point. Um, We are talking to Matt Miller, an NFL draft analyst for uh, ESPN. One more about Daniels, just because, you know, that as we sit here now, we know things change. um, That may be available for Washington at number four. What do we know about him? You know, this is the part that we as fans can't really find out the due diligence on the kind of guy he is the work ethic does he love, love football etc what have you heard with respect to daniel's on that front
1: yeah it's uh, and I, i'm fortunate enough to to work with people who've been around jaden and and they know him on a personal level and everything i've heard is that you know the dedication that he's put in since getting to lsu specifically has been fantastic just you know, the work, and you can see it. So it's not just like, oh, there's an anecdote from someone who's biased. You can see it. The way that he's got better playing within the pocket, his processing time, his poise, that to me shows the work that he's put in to get better. Um, and even, I think, as a runner, you know, to, to just be smarter about when to run, how to run. So I see all that. But everything I've heard from people at LSU firsthand is, you know, he is, he was beating Brian Kelly to the office most days. You know, he's dedicated to the game. I think it also helps that we are talking about someone. Like I said, he's he has started 55 games in college. He is a professional quarterback at this point. You know, he is a touch older at he just turned 23 uh, this past week. So he's a little bit older, a little bit more mature. Uh, and I think with that experience, you have someone that, that now knows how to work, um, you know, as opposed to, you know, sometimes you draft guys that have been in college for three years. They maybe start for a year. They don't know how to, you know, to, to load up the briefcase and go to work every day. And, and that's what, I, as we all know, it takes that in the NFL. And a lot of get time. guys have to learn that early in their NFL career from a veteran quarterback. I've heard Patrick Mahomes talk about that, how going to work with Alex Smith every day helped him so much, just learning how to be a professional. I think Jaden Daniels, you know, playing in such a pro-style system, uh, not, not just, you know, offensive structure, but Brian Kelly runs a pro-style right. system uh being under Brian, you know th- that definitely helps as well. Just in terms of the mental preparation and and work ethic that it takes.
3: All right, is Caleb Williams an absolute lock at number one overall?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I've I, I've hedged on that. Be like, yeah, maybe you know. I, I What would so the may- wh- why to, yeah, the
3: maybe? <laughs> why I the think maybe? The only
1: maybe would be is if Chicago were to say, you know what, Justin shows us enough. Let's go let's go one more year, with Justin Fields, and we'll draft Marvin Harrison Jr. or we'll draft Olu Fashano. Caleb is my number one player, and, and like with a bullet. Um, but I will say Marvin Harrison is a, an elite, rare wide receiver prospect. Olu Fasciano is an elite, rare left tackle prospect, so that's the only maybe. It's not a knock on Caleb. It's just that Chicago might say, eh, let's grab one of these other guys." In which case they should be calling New England and Washington to trade back. So in, in that situation, even Caleb still goes first overall
3: and i mean you said Jaden could move up to number two i kind of agree with you if that happened would it be more about Jaden or more about drake may
1: both i i think it's really going to come down to preference the interesting thing is they're both very mobile you know drake may is a good runner you know he's my comparison for him is justin herbert you know it's that type of player uh, but i do think it would come down to preference you know what what specifically are you looking for you know, I think with Jaden, it's, you know, that deep ball ability is so, so special. Like, if I'm Brian Dable in, or Eric enemy, you know, guys who've had success with mobile quarterbacks who throw deep in Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, I would look at Jaden Daniels and say, like, that that's the guy I want to run my scheme. I think with Drake May, it's more, even though he is mobile, it's more of, you know, let's we're going to run a timing-based offense. You know, we're going to we're going to play from within the pocket. We're going to play off of some RPO. But really, we want this guy executing from within the pocket, distributing the ball out to our fantastic skill players. So it's just it's just a different kind of philosophy uh, of what you want to build your team around.
3: Uh, Talking to Matt Miller from ESPN, Um, you know, before this season started, or really when last year's draft was over, people were talking about the quarterbacks in the 2024 draft. And, you know, I know some of them are going back to school, but Where is this quarterback draft compared to some of the really good quarterback drafts? I mean, nothing will ever match 83, I don't think. Um, But where is it right now based on who's projected to come out and, you know, where these guys are ranked after a season of football?
1: Yeah, it's a good class. I think it's comparable, and I I wrote this uh, in an article that came out this week. I I heard you mention uh, that it's comparable, I think, to, you know, 2021 we're going to see six quarterbacks probably go in the top 50 this year. We've talked about Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, certainly in the mix there from Michigan, Bo Nix from Oregon, Michael Penix from Washington. What makes this class interesting is there is no like, there's no middle ground. You know The middle class in this quarterback group doesn't exist. So you've got those guys who are going to go top 50. You've got some guys who are going to go day three. There's really not that in between. So that's what I, I think affects the you know, perception of this class. Six guys are in the top 50. I had a mock draft. Four quarterbacks are in the top seven. That would be the fastest four quarterbacks have ever come off the board. Four in the so top seven would teams be? Are four in the top seven, yeah. So it's like, you know, crazy amount of talent at the top, which matches the needs of the teams. But then, you know, if you miss out on the top four, are you talking yourself into Bo Nix? You know, who had some early career struggles at Auburn before he goes to, to Oregon and figures it out. He's also started 60 games in college, which is the most of any player in his class. You talk yourself into Michael Penix, you know, who transferred from Indiana, has had some some scary medicals, two ACL injuries, a shoulder injury. he has started forty three games in college um, do you, you know how early do you talk yourself into one of those guys? Is it late round one is it top of round two? because after that there's a drop off you you're you don't have a round three guy this year that you're like, you know maybe we'll maybe we'll grab him round three and and believe in him as a developmental player that just that really doesn't exist this year.
3: By the way, you said uh, you think that Jaden Daniels throws the best deep ball in this class. I, I mean, I think he th- throws a phenomenal deep ball too, but more so than Penix.
1: I think so, and some of that to me is like, the, I mean, the analytics back it up. So like that's my that was my opinion on film. Then you dive in and look at you know QBR completion percentage, uh, you know catchable throws. All those numbers actually favor Jaden Daniels as well. Not to take into from michael Penix, he is amazing watching michael Penix throw to roma dunze is one of my favorite things to do and i, I can't wait to watch them uh, against texas because uh, malik muhammad number five for texas is a, a yep. true freshman corner who's going to be a first round pick someday that matchup is going to be amazing um Penix would would certainly be one b would don't even want to call it number two because he's great at it uh, he would be one b for me
3: yeah, it's such a pretty ball that he throws when he unloads it downfield. He's got, by the way, in the same way that Daniels does. He's got great receivers as well, NFL receivers. So, uh, one more on the quarterbacks: Why McCarthy before Knicks and Penix Jr.?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, and I because I asked someone that recently as well. You know, I, that that's my opinion, but I was you know kind of looking for like hey, why do other people feel this way, and I had an NFL, a former NFL general manager say. A lot of times you want the guy who hasn't failed yet. doesn't mean he won't, but he hasn't failed yet. And I think with McCarthy, that is one thing that people see is he hasn't been put in a lot of situations to succeed or fail. So there are unanswered questions about him right now. Whereas with Penix, there's the injury stuff. With Nix, there's the early career in, uh, struggles at Auburn. With McCarthy, there aren't any struggles. There might not be incredible highs like we're seeing with those two players in the pac 12 but there aren't the lows, and I, I think that's really helping his case right now. When Michigan lets him throw the ball, he does it efficiently. He has good arm strength. He's mobile. He's creative. Uh, there's a throw against Ohio State where you know he, he throws it at the back of a linebacker's head, and he said, well, I saw on film he doesn't get his head around, so I just threw it there knowing he wasn't going to find the ball. That's the type of impressive stuff that he does against Alabama on January 1st. I think we're going to find out a lot about J.J. McCarthy. Just like we found out a lot about C.J. Stroud last year against Georgia. You know, yeah. C.J. did things against Georgia he had not done. And you remember yes. a year ago, it was, ah, C.J. Stroud can't run. Well, they play Georgia, and he runs all over the place. And, and you know, that question and that narrative completely disappeared. So I'm hopeful that, that Jim Harbaugh takes the, the reins off of J.J. McCarthy enough in that that, you know, semifinal game that we get a chance to see just who J.J. McCarthy can be.
3: He ran them into field goal range uh, to get to the championship game. Um, yep. uh, one last one, actually, on quarterback. Sorry. Uh, where would Shadur Sanders had, had had gone had he come out?
1: Yeah, that's a great one. I had Shadur as QB3 in, like, early October. And then you started to see – I think defensive coordinators caught up to what they were doing a little bit. and You realize their offensive line is probably the worst in the country – uh and you know it's like so he was holding the ball back there waiting for things to happen but he is surgical in terms of accuracy i think his anticipation's really good his field vision's good so he would be qb4 for me it, all things that we know right now um especially had it you know by by mid-october everyone was saying hey he's going back to school don't even worry about studying and he's going back to school but i think he would he would comfortably be qb4 for me and You know, next year, it's Shador, Carson Beck at Georgia, Quinn Ewers at Texas, Drew Aylar at Penn State. Right now, and we know how much things will change, but right now, you know, it looks like to be another really strong group at the top for next year's quarterback class.
3: That Penn State quarterback really struggled, though. I know he's a freshman, but he really struggled.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's a – I'm not a – I love Penn State. Uh, That's like a – that's a thing there, right? (laughs) They always get these guys, and then they – you know, you remember the Christian Hackenberg situation, yeah. you know, great freshman, five-star prospect, and he got worse every year. So I think with Ayler, that's the, you know, it's, it's that situation of there's been promise, but now the development needs to happen. And I would say to summer Quinn Ewers, got to stay healthy, got to be more consistent. Obviously the talent's there, but, but we need to see the development.
3: You know, by the way, in mentioning Christian Hackenberg, it was one of the examples I used during the offseason when everybody was looking at Sam Howell and saying, well, he was supposed to be, you know, a first-round pick and he went in the fifth round. And, you know, that that just, you know, it just never happens. It happens all the time. Now, Hackenberg never dropped to the fifth round. But if you recall, he was the projected number one, number one overall. You know, at one point, you know, before yeah. that final year, and then ended up uh, going to the second round. And there, you know, the, the Notre Dame quarterback, whose uh, uh, name escapes me right now, um, was in that Same mode uh,
1: yeah. as well. Or, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know what so, you're talking about. Now I can't think of it. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the one that Kuiper was absolutely in love with uh, and wasn't in the league for very Jimmy long. Uh, Jimmy Clausen.
1: Jimmy Clausen. Thank yeah. you.
3: Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. So it's a it's a draft loaded with wide receivers. He's the number one overall. Where is he in terms of prospects all time, wide receiver wise?
1: Oh, he's way up there. Um, maybe at the top. Um, you know, definitely in the the mix with guys like AJ Green, Oleo Jones, Calvin Johnson, Jamar Chase. Um, and I will say he's in that group despite being very different than those guys because he is six foot four. Six or five pounds. He has the fastest hands, and uh, like picture Tyreek Hill. How Tyreek's in his route, and just all of a sudden he flashes his hands, and it's like, oh my God, where the where the ball even come from? How do you get his hands up that fast? Marvin Harrison has some of the same ability, you know, to just so fast with his hands, so savvy uh, to be six foot four and to be able to collect some of the you know gopher smokers that Kyle McCord was throwing him this year. That that flexibility and body control is really really special. So he's He's up there. You know, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, those guys were just physically unicorns. Uh, But I think Harrison Jr., his savviness at the position is is very special.
3: Uh, Who, give me the next two receivers after that. Is it neighbors?
1: A doomsday and neighbors. And I would say Keon Coleman from Florida State, uh, who just announced today he's opting out of the bowl game. There's four receivers that could go in the top 10 this year. It is a great year for, for teams who need wide receivers. And all different. You know, Dunze is the 6'3", physical, aggressive. Like, he plays mad, and I, I love that. You know, he, he, he has some elements of Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown and the, the physicality that he plays with. Malik Neighbors is the best yak player in the class. I mean, he averages 18 yards a catch. He has 14 touchdowns. It's, his start-stop ability is special. I think you could say Garrett Wilson, Stephon Diggs. Like, he could be that type of player.
3: All right. Uh, we're talking to Matt Miller, draft analyst for, for ESPN. You've been generous with your time. A couple more real quickly. Um, so, you know, for a while, uh, many in this fan base said, no, Sam's the guy. And maybe he still will be. Um, and so you got to build around him. They've had major issues with their offensive line uh, here in recent years. So do you like Fashano more than Alt as a left tackle?
1: I do, but it's close, and I, I think you know. Again, I, I'll mention there are different players. Fashanu is, you know, more agile, more athletic. He's 20 years old, didn't even play football until high school, so there's some like developmental ability there, but limited experience coming into this year. With all, you've got a guy whose dad is in the Chiefs Hall of Fame, uh, also very young. He he just turned 21. He's patient. Uh, he's poised. He's six foot eight, 330 pounds, compared to six foot six, 320. So the length is different. He's confident. Uh, Alt is a better, uh, I think, more powerful in the run game, albeit a little stiff. Uh, but gosh, they're both really good. I have them ranked three and four overall. Um, and so it's if, if you know if the commanders say, hey, we're running back with Sam, or we're gonna you know bring in a, a free agent quarterback, whoever that might be, or trade for adjusted Fields. If you end up in that situation and say we're gonna get Fashano or Alt, you're in a really really good spot at left tackle.
3: I've read some people compare Fashano to Trent Williams. Is that a reach, athleticism-wise?
1: It is. It's a reach to me because Trent is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and that always scares me to do. I But I think you could – my comfort him was Teron Armstead. So I think athletically that's similar. Trent is the craziest athlete that I've, I've ever seen at left tackle to be as big as he is and as athletic as he is. It's just crazy. I remember anyway, – I've, I've been doing this long enough. I watched him at Oklahoma and to be that big and that agile is just bizarre and so for sean who's really athletic i would hesitate to put him in like the trent williams or early tyron smith like those two dudes are just by themselves
3: look washington just made out like bandits they got a third and a fifth for trading trent williams to the 49ers uh just brilliant um this organization (laughs) uh a few years ago um Brock Bowers, uh, just one of my favorite players to watch over the last couple of years. How good of a tight end prospect is he and how high will he go?
1: Yeah, he's a very, very good tight end prospect. He's a little undersized, 6'4, 240, about the same size as George Kittle. My thing about Brock Bowers is he will not we think of elite tight end prospects these days, it's like Kyle Pitt, you know, guys who are just like, you know, big wide receivers. That is not Brock Bowers. He will run over you. He's aggressive. He's physical. Uh, he has caught the ball, ran the ball as a tailback. He's played H back, so he should be on talent a top five or six pick. But because of the tight end position positional value in this class, especially we talked about four quarterbacks, talked about four wide receivers, two offensive tackles. That's going to push him down. I-, I think he'll be a top 15 pick. And you know, we see what Sam Laporta is doing in Detroit. Yeah. Bowers is a better player than that and I loved Sam Laporta last year so but that's I think the type of impact he can have you know whether it's you want to say George Kittle, Sam Laporta, TJ Hawkinson he can be that type of tight end.
3: Yeah like to me in watching him there's a lot of Kittle because they're just impossible to get to the ground after they make the catch in fact the 49ers have like four players that are impossible to get to the ground after they make the catch um Jared Verse, as a pass rusher, I saw that he opted out of the, you know, of the Florida State-Georgia bowl game. Uh, Is he the best pass rusher in the draft or not?
1: Not for me. Dallas Turner at Alabama. Oh, Turner is, yeah, right. Yeah, and we'll see if Turner declares. Nick Saban is the best in-house recruiter that football has ever seen. So, you know, we got Will Anderson to go back for another year. So, who knows? But um, I, I think that Verse is up there. Different type of player, you know, versus uh, 265, 270 pounds, so it's it's a little bit different. Um, fantastic power, uh, monster hands, upper body strength, uh, closing speed's good. And, you know, started off slowly this year, but came on so strong down the stretch. Uh, I think that the key here is a little bit older. He's 23 years old. Um, I will never, ever understand how Jared Verse redshirted for a season at Albany. Like, how... I understand guys slip through the cracks and you end up at Albany, but how the hell do you redshirt at Albany when you play like Jared Burst? Right. Um, but, like know, he, he wasn't he, ready he to play was, like, there. Fantastic. Right. Yeah. You know, if you run a 4 3 defense, Jared Burst is your guy in this class because he's he has the size, whereas, you know, Dallas Turner's 245 pounds. So I, I think that will be the key. All
3: right. Last one. Um, I'm not going to ask you what you think they'll do because we don't even know who will be making the decisions here. It'll be a whole new regime here in a few weeks. But what should Washington do if they've got the fourth overall pick in the draft?
1: I, I think you draft Jaden Daniels in the first round and and look to build up that offensive line and, you know, defensive line. You, you try to do that in subsequent rounds. You're going to have two picks early in round two. So can you walk out with Jaden Daniels? Can you walk out with an offensive tackle like uh, – you know, Kingsley Suamatu or Patrick Paul, uh, who project his left tackles. And then, you know, can you get an edge rusher like a, you know, a JT Tuamalu, Chop Robinson? Can you get another edge rusher, you know, maybe at pick 40, 41 and say, okay, we've got a quarterback, we've got a left tackle, we got a pass rusher. Those are the three most important positions in football. And those are realistic. You know, that's not me saying you're going to get three guys who will never be on the board there. But if you're a 436, 41, those are, are definitely names that are possibilities.
3: I would be as excited as I've been in a long time if Jaden Daniels was the selection for this organization. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Really good job. You're always a good read, too. I appreciate it.
1: Yes, thank you very much. Merry Christmas and happy holidays.
3: Yeah, Merry Christmas. uh, Happy holidays to you, too. Matt Miller at NFL Draft Scout. Uh, He loves Jaden Daniels like we do, and don't look back. If you've got number four overall and he's sitting there, I have a feeling, Denton, I just a feeling—he's going to end up being the second guy taken in this draft after Caleb Williams.
2: I'm getting that too, but you never. It, it, there's something about those those ACC quarterbacks with intangibles that draft guys love across the NFL.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it, I guess it'll matter who's making the decisions for, say, the Patriots or the Cardinals at number two. Um, but anyway, uh, that would be that. Uh, just turn on the tape, as they say, if you didn't see him play. Uh, it was an absolute show all year long. All right, uh, smell test pick for tonight's game uh, when we come back. Kevin Sheehan, show the Team 980 and theteam980.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the
2: same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.